Father, that the anointing of God is present to feed everyone spiritually your word. I thank you for articulation of speech, clarity of heart, and minds that are open to receive the engrafted word. And I thank you that after today, our minds will be fully clear about what your word has to say for us to prosper in our lives. So as I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing to teach and reach each person in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hold your Bibles up real high. Say it with me. Say, this is God's word. Come on, you got to say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Edmund's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Today I'm starting a new series that's really volume two of Possessing the Promise. And I believe what I'm starting today can change your life forever. I believe this area that I'm talking about this morning is the biggest challenge in the life of most believers. I think that because it's such a challenge in the life of God's people to the point that it affects the kingdom of God. So I want you to get ready to learn one of the most important principles you will ever learn in your life. I'm going to learn, I'm going to teach you five things in this series. Number one, I'm going to teach you why God wants you to prosper. Number two, I'm going to teach you how God wants to prosper you. Number three, I'm going to teach you why the believer or the average believer does not prosper. There's a reason why the average believer does not prosper. Number four, I'm going to teach you why a Christian prospering is so dangerous to the devil. And then number five, I'm going to show you how you can control the level of prosperity in your life. Can someone say amen to any of that? Now, the the principle of prosperity that I'm talking about and will be talking about throughout this series does not in any way override the principle of good financial stewardship of the current resources that you have. In other words, after I teach you what I'm teaching you this this morning, it does not override you being a bad steward. In other words, being a bad steward is not going to help you if you even practice this principle because good stewardship is the foundation of all God's blessings anyway. So this does not override that principle of good stewardship. Now, everybody say prosperity. Prosperity. Now, there are different ways to prosper. But this series I'm talking about now is talking about financial prosperity. So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he's talking about increasing your money. Now look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, I need some more. You got some? Now, there are several ways that a person can gain financial prosperity. I want you to write the first way down, and that is through posterity. Say posterity. 
In other words, this is when an accumulated amount of wealth has been passed down from past descendants. We would call that an inheritance. In other words, this is where posterity, this is where financial uh, blessings have been passed down on to you from someone else. And statistics show that the average person who receives an inheritance spends it in, the, in, in about 9 to 12 months. It's all gone. Amen. So you can, you can gain financial prosperity through posterity. That's number one. Number two is the production of your hands. All of these start with P. The production of your hands. This is where the labor that you perform is exchanged for an agreed upon amount of financial gain. In other words, you are going to work every day and you're going to work because you're trying to gain finances. Amen. I don't know anybody in here who wants to work for free. Amen. Now, when you get to the point where you are doing your purpose, you would work for free if you had to. Because you're not doing it just for money. You're doing it because it's God's calling and that you enjoy it. Amen. Amen. Now, in Proverbs 13, 11, you can just write this down. Here's a scripture that will reference uh, the works of your hand. It says, wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. But he that gathers by labor or working shall increase. So you can increase financially through posterity or you can do it through the production of your hands. But here's the third one. That is positional prosperity. Everybody say positional prosperity. Now, this is the one I'm going to try to focus on this morning. Positional prosperity. This is where you and I have been spiritually or physically born into a financially wealthy position. I'm going to say it again. Positional prosperity, this is where you and I have been spiritually or physically born into a financially wealthy position. Now, why do I say physically and spiritually? Because, see, this will help us see why there are some people who are not even saved may be wealthy. Because they may have fallen into the physical prosperity one. Now, this one is where your parents have wealth and that you are a partaker of that. In other words, you were born and your parents were already rich and you just fell into that situation. Now, that one's easy. But then we have the spiritual prosperity. And I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 really really quickly. 2 Corinthians 8, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 8. Let me show you this spiritual prosperity position. And the lesson that I have for you next week is going to show you why this particular position should always have you in position to receive God's best, whether you act like God's best or not. Now, I know that's going to say people say, see, some people think you can work for blessings. You can't necessarily work for blessings. Now, what you can do, you can obey for blessings. Amen. But you can't work for salvation. It was a free gift, wasn't it? Amen. Some blessings you just can't work for. Now, in what I tell you to go, 2 Corinthians 8, watch this now. This is, we're talking about spiritual prosperity. Prosperity. 2 Corinthians 8, look in verse 9. Are you there? Say, I'm there. All right, let me get there. It says here, now I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that you were sorrow to repentance for you were made sorry after, after, am I in the right one? Where am I at? Look at the screen, huh? Just a minute. Yeah, I need my reading glass. That's what it is. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this now. That though he was what class? Though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became what? Poor. That we, through his, what class? Poverty might be what? Now, I know some of you all are saying, 
That's spiritual richness, but it's not. When you look up that word rich, it's tangible riches that it's talking about. In other words, this scripture is saying Jesus was rich. When he came into this world, he was in a position of being rich, but he chose to become poor so we could swap positions with him. Now, when you were born again, that's what happened to you. But most of us don't know that we have been spiritually transferred from poverty into riches. Now, most people say, you know, the streets, are made, the streets of heaven are made of gold. Incorrect. The streets of heaven are gold. They're not made. They are gold themselves. You know, people say they are paved with gold. They're not paved with gold. They are made of gold. Amen. Now, the only problem that that comes with spiritual prosperity, that position, is that this one must be activated. In other words, you get born again, God takes you out of darkness, he puts you into light. He takes you out of poverty spiritually and he now places you into riches. But this riches, to be tangible for your life, it must be activated. Everybody say activated. Now, how do you activate this principle? Well, I'm going to tell you this principle is called the principle of planting seed. Now, this is where our prosperity is tied to the multiplication of seed that we sow. And I'm going to show you. Go to Genesis chapter 1. Go to Genesis chapter 1. What I'm about to show you is what I would call the law of first beginnings. When you want to see how how God sees something, go back to the beginning of how how he did it. You know, most people say Paul's thorn in the flesh. They, they make up what the thorn in the flesh is. But all you have to do is reference thorn in the flesh all the way back to the Old Testament. And it'll tell you that the thorns of the flesh were nothing but people that the devil was using. So let's look at now Genesis chapter 1. Because I want to show you this principle of planting seed and how you and I's prosperity is built into this. Because God put Adam and Eve, watch this now, in a natural and spiritual Position of prosperity. When he put them here, he put them here in a natural and a spiritual prosperity position. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, are you there? It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female, he created them. Watch the next verse. And then God did what to them? He blessed them. And then he said unto them, be fruitful, be multiplied. Replenish the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Here's the verse that I want you to see. And then God said, behold, I have what class? Come on. I have what? Notice now he said, first I'm going to bless you. I'll bless you now. He said, but now I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to give you something. And I want you to see that what he's about to give them is going to help manifest prosperity in their life. He says, behold, I have given unto you every bearing herb seed. Do you see that? He says, I'm giving you every type of seed. He goes on to say, which is upon the face of the earth in every tree. Watch this now. In, in the which is the fruit of the tree yielding what class? Seed to you. It shall be for me. He said, you know what? I'm going to start you out, first of all, with a tree. On that tree is going to be fruit. But in that fruit is going to be some seed. And in order for me to multiply what you, you are eating now, 
You're going to have to eat some, but you're going to have to plant some. Are you all with me so far? Now, when he said he had given unto them every herb, the word given there means distributed. He's distributed unto them seed. The word seed there means sowing time. So every farmer knows that in order to have a harvest the next season, he must put away some seed to put in the ground for the next time. No farmer with his right mind gets all of the seed from his harvest and eats it. Because if he eats it all, he will have no harvest the next time around. Are you with me? Now, go to Genesis chapter 22. Let me show you this principle. Genesis 22. We're talking about now, you have to have a, the principle of planting seed down for your financial prosperity to come through. And that's the part most people don't know. See, the, the devil has made it out of a game for most people. They really think it's for the preacher, for the pastor, for the church. But really, it's for you. And when you know that, he can't dupe you. Amen. Genesis 22, look in verse 17. Are you there? Say, I'm there. Watch this. He's talking now to Abraham. He says that in blessing, I will bless you. Watch this now. And in multiplying, I will multiply your what? What did he tell him he was going to multiply? Multiply. So if I want something multiplied in my life, it must start out in seed form. Are you with me so far? Now, go to Genesis 16 very quickly. Go to Genesis 16. Just go back to Genesis 16. Let me show you this real quick. Because the way you get multiplied finances is by planting multiply or, or by planting financial seed. He just told Abraham he was going to multiply his what? His seed. God cannot multiply that which he does not have. Now, in Genesis 16, look in verse 10. It says, and the angel, this was talking to uh, Sarah, and the angel of the Lord said unto her, he says, I will multiply your what? Seed exceedingly that it shall not even be numbered for a multitude. He says, you know what? I'm going to take your seed, Sarah, and I'm going to multiply that seed. Now go over to 2 Corinthians 9. Let me show you this again. 2 Corinthians 9. Because see, when you get this, you'll learn how to control your own financial destiny. destiny. 2 Corinthians 9. This was our theme verse, but I'm going to point out to you that you have to learn to plant on purpose financial seed in order for your financial life to change. If you weren't born into a financially wealthy position like I wasn't, there's only so much working hard can do. Now, what differs us from people that are in the world? Now, see, people in the world, the ones that have learned to even prosper, you can make an investment. See, the investment in, into stocks or what, what, what else we got? RAs and all those things where you get money back in return from investing. The only way you're going to get an investment is that you had to give them some seed. So the reason rich people still got it because they're taking that money. They're giving it to some, somebody or something. And it begins to be multiplied. But the advantage we have is the ground that we put our money in is not just the earth's ground. That's the man's way. But we're also putting it in spiritual ground, which is God's way. And see, when God multiplies, you can't count it all. See, God's multiplication process don't depend on how well the stock market is doing. 
See, some of y'all had 401ks in 2009, but 2010 hit and now you got a 201k. Second Corinthians 9, are you there? I'm going to look in verse 10, 2 Corinthians 9, 10. This is what it says. Now he that ministers or gives seed to who class? To the sower. He both ministers bread for your food. And watch what else he does to your seed. He multiplies your seed. What class? God multiplies the seed that we sow. Watch this. God multiplies the seed that is sown in order for us to prosper. When we eat, spin, or squander our seed, we eliminate the multiplication process and create need for our future. I'm going to say it again. Listen to me now. When we, sow, when we sow our seed, the scripture just says that God multiplies our seed sown. But when we eat our seed, when we spend our seed, when we wear our seed, when we squander our seed, we eliminate the multiplication process. And then in turn, we create need for our future. I want you to write this down as a take home statement. When you live off of your seed, you will always create a future need. I'm going to say it again. When you live off of your, of your, off of your seed. You will always create a future need. See, God did not design us to keep all of what we get. He has given us a spiritual process that when we work it in the natural, he, he takes now supernatural power to multiply what we put in the ground. But see, what the devil tells us, oh man, the more I keep, the more I get, well, no, you don't. In fact, the Bible says, if you go to Ephesians Four, Ephesians 4, while we're closer here. Go to Ephesians 4. You should not just work to eat. You should work for seed. See, some of y'all go to work wrong. You don't go to work for money. If you go to work for money, you may not ever have enough. Listen, sometimes they don't pay you what you're worth. In fact, most of the time, they don't pay you what you're worth. So now, how do you still live a good life being underpaid or undervalued by somebody else who don't know your potential? Well, look at Ephesians chapter 4. Look in verse 28. Are you there? Say, I'm there. It says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor or work. Watch why you should work. Working with his hands, the thing which is good. Why? That he may have to do what class? give so really my reason for working should not just be for me to live on my reason for working is for me to have be to be able to give some seed because when i give seed god multiplies the seed but some of us are just working to maintain our life and that's why god has not multiplied what you have because you're giving him nothing to multiply with here's another take-home statement we should always live off of our harvest and replant our seed. Write that down. We should always live off of our harvest and replant our seed. Never eat your seed. Because if you eat your seed, you have nothing to replant. When I say seed, I'm talking about money. See, I haven't said money yet because some of y'all, it's gonna, y'all, y'all shake when I say it. So I'm going to say seed for right now. I'm going to say that take home statement one more time. We should always live off of our harvest and replant our seed. If you start living off of your 
seed. Eventually, you won't have a harvest. Now, see, here's what I love about God. While I'm at home in my bed sleeping, and I have seed in the kingdom of God's ground, then God is multiplying my money while I'm sleeping. See, there's only so many hours in a day you can work. But when you learn what I'm teaching you today, you can go to work happy whether they're paying you the right amount or not. Because your increase is not based on how much your hands work. Your increase is based on the multiplication of the seed that you put in the ground. I'm preaching better than you clapping, but that's okay. Our motivation for accumulation should be distribution and not consumption. I'm going to say it again. Our motivation for accumulation. In other words, you should not be motivated to get more so that you can consume more. Your motivation for accumulation should be distribution and not consumption. Go to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11. And I'm going to start in verse 24. Let me show you this one. Let me show you this. See, what happens to a lot of us? See, you can keep your money and lose your money. In fact, you can write this down while you turn to Proverbs eleven twenty four. You can keep it and seep it or you can sow it and grow it. You know how you can have a hole in something and it is, it is, whatever the container is in, it's kind of like seeping out. How many, how many had a tire that was just, every time you come outside, it's, it's flat. So what, I had this tire yesterday. I don't, you know, you don't see the hole, you don't hear the hole, but somehow it's seeping out. You know, the book of Haggai talks about it like uh, going to work and having holes in your pocket. It's like you got paid, but it looked like you didn't. Because after you got through paying your bills, you still got more bills than you have money left. Well, you can keep it and seep it, or you can sow it and grow it. Proverbs chapter 11, are you there? Look at you, touch your neighbor, say neighbor. Don't get nervous. All right, all right. Proverbs 11, look at verse 24. It says, there is one who scatters. In other words, distributes. And yet it what? It increases. And then there is one who holds own more than what he should and it tends to poverty notice the next verse he says the liberal soul shall be made what now I know some of y'all don't want to be fat but I'd love to be fat this way he said the liberal soul the one that gives shall be what shall be made fat and he that waters shall be watered himself. I've been praying for the last two weeks. Lord, give me some more money to give away. I promise you for the last two weeks, I've been praying, Lord, give me some more money to give away. I got a testimony from one of our members. Been members here for a while and struggled with the whole tithing thing. Just they couldn't get over the whole tithing thing. I mean, the, maybe they tithed and maybe they didn't. Uh, the, the wife was tithing, but the man was like, I can't handle that. On paper, it don't make sense. So I'm not going to do it. But he kept getting convicted about it. And finally, he just, he, 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 he made a decision. You know what? He prayed a bold prayer. He said, Lord, I'll tell you what. Tell you what. This is how, if you'll just give me a raise, 
That's the, that's the same amount of what I would have to give in tithe. So my household income doesn't change at all. I'll start tithing. How many know that's a bribe for God? But then he exercised his faith and wrote out his first tithe check. Right after the tithe check was deposited. I'm telling you this is a true, 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 true story. This ain't one of those made up stories. This is a true story. Right after his tithe check got deposited, he got a phone call at work. Bring, hey, this is your boss. Uh, this is review time and uh, write this number now. So he gave him some weird number. I mean, it wasn't even no even number like, you know, 3,000 and 5,000. He just gave him a series of numbers. He wrote them down and he said, listen, that number is your annual raise for this year. Okay, watch this now. Watch this. When he and his wife sat down and calculated it for each pay period, it was the exact amount to the penny of what he would have had to tie to the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, he better not be lying right now. <laughs> Keeping causes need while sowing causes seed. I'm going to say it again. Keeping causes need while sowing causes seed. Go to Luke 638 real quick. I'm almost done here. Some of y'all are, y'all are nervous on me. See, I'm telling you what I know now. See, I'm teaching this with some conviction. You know why? Because I've been doing this too long and I'm, and I'm seeing it in my life. Say, so, well, uh, pastor. See, here's the thing. I couldn't be where I am just from pastoring five years. I mean, the house I live in, we moved in it right when we started the church. So the church, church wasn't the one that really, I mean, the church has helped sustain it. But I'm just saying, my faith and my seed has gotten me where I'm at. In Luke 6, 38, prosperity does not start with stuff, but with the seed. A man's life consists not in the things he possessed, but in the amount of seed that he sows. I'm going to say that again. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of stuff that he's got. Your life ain't, it, it ain't about what you drive and what you live in. It's about what you got in the ground. In Luke 6, 38, it proves to us, it says, give and what happens? It shall be given. But then he goes on to explain his process. Notice what he says. When you give it, it's going to happen and come back in good measure. Press down, shaking together, and what? Running over, shall who? Men give to who? And then he says, the, for the same way you give it out is the way it's going to come back to you. When you give, do you give grudgingly because that's how it's going to come back? See, some of y'all, the reason why you have dry seasons is because you have dry times of sowing. Touch your neighbor again and say, neighbor, if you don't pay attention, I'm going to slap you on purpose. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Just to wake y'all up. I'm just waking up. Just wake you up. Your life does not consist in the things that you possess, but in the amount of seed that you sow. Go to 1 Kings chapter 17 and we'll end right here. 1 Kings 17. And you know what? If you're struggling financially in any way, Really, if you're not, if you want more in your life, 
I challenge you to get this CD because you, this is something you got to get down deep inside. Because, see, the devil done lied so much to us. He's lied to say, oh, it's for the pastor. He's lied to say, oh, it's for the preacher. He wants your money. Some of y'all think that money is the root of all evil. And so if you think that money is the root of all evil, the less that you have makes you more righteous. I mean, I mean, back in the day, it was popular to be poor. That was one of the reasons I did not want to be a preacher. I used to see them drive raggedy cars, wear raggedy clothes, with raggedy looking kids. I say, I am not doing that. But see, the Bible doesn't say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. Here's another lie of the devil. I will give when I get some more. You're violating the principle. You're saying, I'll get a harvest and then I'll give a seed. I mean, what would a farmer look like going outside, looking for a harvest and ain't putting nothing in the ground? I'll be back tomorrow. Come back up, wake up in the morning, go back out there. Baby, I don't see nothing yet. You got to put it in the ground. And if I was the devil, which he does, this is the, the, this is the killer right here for most believers right here. He keeps us strapped financially by either doing one or two things. By not learning how to give or wasting what we do get when we get it. Because see, when you waste what you get, you violate the principle of being a good steward. And the scripture says that it is required of a steward that a man be found faithful. So if God knows that I'm not faithful over what I got left, he's not, listen, authorized to even give me some more because he's violating his own principle. That's why the man that had all those talents, the one that had one and he just stuck it in the ground, that's why his Lord took it. He said, no, 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 no. It ain't good enough for you to just give back to me what I gave you. He said, you should have gave me that back and some more. But since you didn't, I'm going to take it from you and I'm going to give it to the one that produced some more for me. Well, I tell you to go. First Kings, second Kings, first Kings 17. Real quickly here. I'm doing good. Let's start now in, uh, let me see where I want to start. Let's, let's start in verse eight. Now, this is a story about the widow woman. And here's a good situation about using an opportunity to sow a seed instead of eating your seed. First, uh, first Kings 17, it says in verse eight, and the Lord and the word of the Lord came to Elijah saying, arise, go to Zarephath, go to Arlington. And there is dwelling there a widow woman, but I've already commanded her to sustain you. Verse 10. So he arose and he went to Arlington. And when he came to, I know it don't say Arlington. I'm just putting it right here where we at. He came to the gate. He came to the city limits. And behold, the widow woman was there gathering sticks. And he called her. He said, would you please bring me a little water in a vessel so I can drink? And as she was going to get it, she didn't have a problem with that because water was free. Oh, I can just go to the well and get some water. Well, don't, water don't cost me nothing. But the moment he asked for her for, for something that cost her, so watch what happened in verse 12. And uh, he, he said, uh, 
verse 11. As she was going, as she was going to fetch it, he called her and he said, bring me, I pray, a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, as the Lord your God live, I don't have a cake, but a handful. Say a handful. A handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil. Say a little oil. Now, a little means a little. She only had enough to make one little pancake. And she said, you know what? I'm going to take this pancake and I'm going to make it. I'm gathering two sticks. I'm going to dress it for me and my son to eat it. And then after we eat it, we're going to die. Because all she had enough was for two people. She had a choice to eat her seed or to sow some seed. He didn't ask her. Notice now. He didn't ask her for all of her stuff. He said, give me a little of it. That's what God says. I need something to work with. Watch now the verse 13. And Elijah said to her, fear not. You shouldn't fear when you tithe. You ought to rejoice when you tithe. Why? Because God is going to come in and through for you. He said, fear not. Go and do what you have said. But make me a little cake first. And then what? watch what happens. Bring it to me. Verse 14. For thus says the Lord God of Israel. That the barrel of meal that you have is not going to stop. Neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day the Lord sends rain. See, it had, that was a drought. They had an economic drought in this situation. And everybody was holding on to their stuff. And she had held on enough to her stuff to the point that she only had enough for one meal for her and her kid. She could have chose to eat the seed. But she made a decision. You know what? If I eat this seed, I will have no harvest. So she decided to give him a portion. When she did, the Bible says, look at the next verse. Verse 15. She went and did according to the saying of Elijah. Read it with me, class. And she and he and her house. Now stop. It could have just said her. But it says she and he, the man of God. Watch this. And who else? And her house did eat. Oh, does that sound like multiplication to you? And I'm saying to you today, you got to get this principle down because if you don't get this principle down, you will never find your wealthy place. Let me say this to you. If you find write down Psalm 66 verse 12, it talks about God bringing us into our wealthy place. But let me say this. Many people never find their wealthy place because consumption is, is, is their only motive. I'm going to say it this way. Many people have found their working place, but not found their wealthy place. And God's going to use the principle of your seed and him multiplying it to get to you, get you to where you want to be. And I'm prophetically saying to you as a church, because see, God's got to bless you for us to see it. Ain't, it ain't my faith that's going to get us to 360. It's our faith. But I have learned through the book of Nehemiah. Let's go there real quick. Go to Nehemiah and we'll close with this one. Let's see. It's 1030. I'm doing all right. Go to Nehemiah. I'm supposed to start a new members class, don't I? But new members, you just got to wait. Go to Nehemiah. And uh, I don't know where it is until I get there. Because uh, this is one of those moments where I'm just going by what I know. Go to Nehemiah chapter 2. Look in verse 20. Let me show you something about God. This was God talking to Nehemiah or Nehemiah talking to the the guys. He says, then he answered I them and he said unto them, the God of heaven, he is going to prosper us. Why? 
He says, therefore, we, his servants, will arise and what? Build. See, God's got to get you some money for us to get over where we need to be. But if he knows we're not going to do right with it, he won't get it to us. And I'm telling you, your wealthy place is dependent upon the seed you put in the ground. It ain't a scam. It's the word. And I'd rather stand on what God says any day than to say what man says. See, when I can stand on, well, I may not be able to stand in, in the economic conditions, but I can if my, my seed is in the ground of the word. Did you get something out of this morning's lesson? Come on, give the Lord a hand clap if you will. Every head by every eye closed, you may be here today. And you've never accepted the free gift of salvation. Let me.